Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget as well, you can join my Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. Most people find it hard to bet on themselves. There are all kinds of things messing with your head and most of them don't like it when you try new things. This week, my guest is the brave branding queen, Esther de Charon, and we're talking about how you can move past this, learn to love yourself and lean into your engaging, authentic self and really connect with your audience online. We're talking about Facebook ads, copy, video marketing, and why there are more reasons to succeed than to fail if you just give yourself permission. So welcome along and let's meet Esther. So this week, I'm thrilled to welcome Esther de Chiron de Saint-Germain to the show. Esther, did I say your name properly? Yep, you did it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you very much for joining me. I've been looking forward to speaking to you for a long time, and it's been really tough having a little bit of chat to you previously and not starting to ask all the questions I want to ask. So for the listener who doesn't know you, why don't you start just by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? So I am in the Netherlands. I I live all the way up in the north and I run a brave brand. And so we are a, a bit well it it used to be me, right? So but now there's this team. Um so it's it's a business for women entrepreneurs, brave women entrepreneurs who are too bright to a multifaceted, multipotential, and sensitive to fit in the regular A to Z um, uh, business mold. So whenever they start a program, they get lost because um, their brains, our brains, work differently, and um, and and uh, so. I, I work with women like that. See, what I find, I think I, I really like it. And on the other hand, I really don't like it, that you just work with women. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so well, how did you make that decision? Why did you make that decision? Um, actually, well, I've been, I have been working with men before, but it was a long time ago. The thing was that the men, it's, it's a little bit weird maybe but the men who worked with me were the kind of guys who needed some sort of a firm female hand to really (laughs) (laughs) it's like stop doing that you can change this done like this and it made me work really hard so there was it was definitely something i was doing and um and then and and then from there it became all women and but i i do 
get the occasional question from men. Um, why don't you work with men as well? So I don't know, maybe in the future, but for now it's, it's like, it's, it's an old, all women. I work with all women groups. Well, I completely understand that and, and I applaud it. And I think it's not so much that it's all women. It's how you defined those women and the challenges that they have. What would you say is the biggest problem that people have when they're working with you? What's the problem that sort of drives them towards you? There are a couple of things. One is that because they are so smart and they have so many degrees that they don't value what they already have. They think that what they, they think their traits, their degrees, the person who they are is just a very average kind of person. And so they, they, they think they need to know more. They need to learn more. They need to evolve more. They need to be more perfect, more like the others. And they never will be like the others because they're different. And one of the things I teach them is that the fact that they are different is, is the best thing you can have as an entrepreneur. Because there are so many people who are very much alike. And everyone who is, even if you're slightly different, um, it, it's, it's like you're wearing free advertisement the entire time. But you can only... Um, it only works um, when you are aware of the fact that you are different and that it's great to be different. I think in many respects, most of us are different. We all have characteristics and traits that are just ours. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the problems a lot of people have when it comes to personal branding is deciding which traits am I going to focus on? Mm -hmm. Am I going to focus on the fact that I'm amazing at a technical thing? Or am I going to focus on the fact that I'm really adventurous? Or am I going to focus on I'm really shy, but I've overcome it? How do you sort of guide people towards creating this? It's, I'm going to say it's almost an alter ego. It's, they're, they're really putting on a costume, but they're deciding what they're going to be wearing in terms of a personal brand. How do you help them through that? It's two things. It's... It's, um, it's actually starts with the client, the audience, or what I call your soul client that you want to attract. And if you create a brand, you want to be truly relatable for that audience. So if you, let's say you're a health coach and uh, your audience are um, men in their 30s, I'm going to make this really complicated for myself. It's men in their thirties uh, who like they like fast cars, and I think that when that is your, if that's if that's your audience, they need for sure there is a love of fast cars that you've got. Um, so to make it really simple, instead of be like. All the other health coaches, you are going to be the health coach who loves fast cars. Because now you attract the 30 year something guys who are going to be in love with your car 
And and so you you made this invisible, no, it's very visible uh, connection between them and you. So it's it's um, it's you pick one thing that is already in your energy, in who you are, and what you love, and what in in you, and then match it with what your soul clients really love. Does it make sense? It does make sense. And obviously I'm trying to sort of roll through that in my head. I think one of the challenges then is really just embracing who you are. I think a lot of the time from you can you can fake what you're describing there. Hmm. But it won't really work very well because you won't be living it. It won't it will never work because you will so that's why my work always starts with self-love and self-acceptance. If you, um, I know that many of my clients have at a certain time in their life, um, they've heard that they are, um, that they're weird. Um, why do you always talk back? <laughs> uh, why do you always need to stand out? Why do you always need to disagree with everything? Um, uh, why can't you just fit in? Why don't you fit in the box? Things like that. And so if, you, if you've been hearing that for all your life, you really, you, you start using those words for yourself. And then it's like this 24-7 inner roll call that says, why, do, why, why, why can't I never fit in? Um, why, what's, what's wrong with me? Why does my business not grow? Um, um, I'm sure they hate me. It's, it's like this whole story that we're it that it's even when no one outside ourselves is saying it we are saying it to ourselves we are relentless when it comes to ourselves so self-love and self-acceptance changes everything because it it's like this layer it's like this this truly strong foundation in your business and in your life that once it's there you can basically do everything. Something you mentioned about your clients is that they're mm -hmm. often very intelligent, they're very smart, they're very mm -hmm. experienced, very very well qualified from a professional perspective a lot of the time. But the thing with really clever, intelligent, well qualified people is they second guess themselves a lot. Mm -hmm. So this sort of idea of the soul client, I know when I work with my clients and we're trying to work out who is your ideal customer, mm -hmm. And we go through this whole sort of traditional avatar process. They second guess themselves a lot. And it's really, really hard for them actually to make commitments mm -hmm. to a particular person in terms of an avatar. How do you help your clients discover this soul client, as you put it? What, how, how do you sort of give them the compass and the map to finding out who this person is and make sure that they don't get distracted into the more traditional avatars of they need to have the right amount of money to spend on my services or um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> I have a little bit of a different kind of um, path because I usually start with what I call a soul whisper where we do some sort of a visualization and where they go to a place. And I, I just make this stuff up, right? Well, so I'm just sitting with them um, and I'll take them to a place where there are people 
and then some of the people don't look at them and some are and then there is it's just it's just a whole it's a whole thing that's happening and then they meet people who eventually are their soul clients and sometimes it's um, oh and and they they tell my clients themselves what it is um, what they need and why they've chosen her and um, so we start from there we start with with an idea and sometimes it happens that the people who work with me run into that person the next day and it's really weird and I cannot explain it I've no I've I actually have no idea how I'm doing it but it really works and then I invite them to really have a talk to that person or to someone who looks like that person. And, and it's, a very, it's very often a very open discussion. Like, what is it that you really need? Um, and then I tell them to really listen to the, the things they're not telling. Um, so let's, let's do the example of the health coach again. If she or he is talking to the 30-year-old man who loves fast cars, um, because of, of the way you do the, uh, you have the conversation, you might find out that the fear of the 30-year-old man is uh, the, the fear of losing the car or never get the car. And maybe that person is truly stressed out about it. And, but you can only find out about that once you, uh, once you really talk to people. Now, and the thing is that many people uh, have the conversation in their own head. And it's, it's, it, that, that won't help. So you really need to talk to people. Also, instead of going in circles for a very long time, sometimes you just need to decide on this is my person. And so there are a couple of things. That person needs, you need to really honor, love and respect that person as a soul client. Otherwise it's not going to work. And it's going, it needs to be vice versa. That person needs to be able to pay you. If he or she cannot pay you, then it's never a soul client. And, um, and it's someone that you want to work with. No, and it's someone that wants to buy something from you that only you can give her or him. And so it's, it's, it's all about being different from all the others. Does that make sense? It does. It makes perfect sense. I think... The whole idea of the soul client is is quite easy. But then if you imagine the Venn diagram of all the qualities that person mm. could have, but then there's a circle that also declares they must be able to pay you, that actually excludes quite a lot. Yeah. So that's that's a very interesting measure. I think, yeah, I think for a lot of people, this this idea, I think for some people, it doesn't matter. Mm. But for other people, I think this sense of vocation, which goes beyond making money, this is the life's purpose, mm -hmm. is very, very important. Yeah. And I think that's where the soul client can actually give work meaning. 
because once you've got past, well, making money is actually quite easy online. Mm-hmm. But what's this doing in order to build a legacy or what's this doing in order to really move the life forward of somebody that I care about? That's that's a much bigger goal. That's a much mm-hmm. bigger vision. And that's something that's much easier to get out of bed for, to be honest. Yeah. Another element, I guess, that a lot of your clients probably struggle with, and I'm making a bit of a reach here, but it's probably imposter syndrome and, and comparison. Mm. Self-love, I guess, is is one antidote to that. But how do you help them through that? Because it's one thing understanding, well, now I know who I'm for, mm-hmm. but now I need to start showing up for them. And there's all kinds of mindset issues around that. I actually always think that everything comes down to fear. Imposter syndrome, fear. Procrastination, fear. Perfectionism, fear. It's all fear. And we are so freaking afraid to show up who we really are because of all the reasons, uh, all the things people have been telling us when we were young. Um, and now we are telling ourselves that we come up with anything. <laughs> and I, and um, so Elizabeth Gilbert says that, uh, oh, per- that's about perfectionism. So perfectionism is uh, fear into uh, beautiful shoes wearing a mink coat. So it's, it's all fear. And I really think that... Um, there is a, 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 a little part is about getting over it by taking action. But the biggest part is um, really look into your fear. And now, now the danger is that you're going into like this huge self-development, a deep dive in yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're an entrepreneur, you need to make money. Otherwise, you're you're growing a hobby. Um, <laughs> so sometimes you just need to do it. And that's actually, this is why groups work and why a community works. Because it's really hard to do it by yourself. If, if you, and if you are afraid that your voice is horrible and you're convinced your voice is horrible and that that is the reason why you can never go live, um, then that is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you're in a group and everyone says, I believe you can do it and we would love to hear what you've got to say and then you go live in that group, everything changes. So it's, it's a combination of being with others they're who all dare to be vulnerable with you. It's taking action, not by pushing yourself, um, but by falling into it and by really exploring where did, where this what's with this whole fear thing. So it's 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 not one thing, it's a lot of things that you need to do. But I guess accepting that that's what it is is probably a very good oh, place to definitely. start. Definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of people let ego get in the way and that's why they don't mm-hmm. make any progress is because their ego will not mm-hmm. permit them to make mistakes no. because they have to, they're qualified, they're professional, they're experienced. They can't make mistakes, they can't take risks. No. And 
is something that I I know to be 100% true, is if you're going to build your business online, you better give yourself permission to make a lot of mistakes, to look very, very foolish. Ah. <laughs> that's part of it. That, that's the price of yeah. entry. So obviously, before I do an interview, I have a little bit of a rummage around somebody's ecosystem and see what they're doing online. And mm. what I really like about yours is, you know, a lot of people, you go on their website and there's here, download my checklist or get this thing. You've got things that people can download. But a lot of the time, that's where it ends. You get the download. What I loved about yours was at every point along that mini journey, there's intimacy and warmth built into it. Mm. So when you get your download, it, it, that takes you to a page where, again, there's lots of storytelling. There's lots of relationship building, I'll call it. There's a video to watch. Most people will often say you need to put a video on your thank you page, but you took mm. this much further and it's really, really polished. I'm curious to know how much time or thought, these aren't even the right questions I'm asking. What has been your journey in terms of your lead generation business? Not, I'm oh. not calling it your lead generation business, but, but that part <laughs> of your online world, because it's so polished. Okay, well, thank you for saying it's polished. <laughs> Polished okay. isn't necessarily the right word <laughs> no. because it's there are bits of it that are not polished, but what it is is intimate. I um, I really started my online business in 2014 and I, I had no idea who I was talking to. So um, it's a little bit of a, of, of a story, but I'll get there. Um, so I, I focused on women, uh, on young mothers. So I did everything in Dutch at first. So I, I started with young mothers who, um, no, I started with 30 something city girls who were looking for happiness. So I, f I founded happiness school. So that was my first thing. And then nothing happened because I had no idea how to do this, but I could build websites. I loved the whole coding thing. Um, I, I really went all left brain on it. And so to make a very long story short, I made websites and lead magnets and, and, and the most amazing thing, things for so many different target audiences, uh, lead magnets. Um, uh, I think I created over five different um, uh, um, quizzes that that I'm, I'm, I'm not even using them anymore. So I'm, I'm really fast with creating something. And then I sort of, I just let it go. I've, I even forgot about it, which is very much something that my clients experience as well. So we're really fast in creating something and then it's like, oh, it's gone. Um, so I actually think that the whole storytelling and the reaching out and um, um, I, I think that started once I got over the, it needs to be perfect. I need to only speak to that person and not to the rest. And when I, 
Um, I actually really love doing it. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, think that, I think that's it. I just really love doing it. I, I love reaching out to people. And I'm really, really introvert. I, I love the lockdown, which is horrible. <laughs> it's horrible because there's so many people. Uh, so many people. Uh, it, it's impacting so many people. But I, I love... I'm, I'm with my husband and my son, and the three of us loved the lockdown. We loved staying at home and just being with the three of us. And being an online entrepreneur gives me um, gives me permission to really reach out from the depth of my heart to people without actually having them in my home. I really like that, and I think from one introvert to another i'm right there with you on yeah. social isolation i think it causes a few problems but mental health <laughs> is not part of that for me no. i really en enjoy my quiet yeah. something i'm curious about then is everything you said you're quite introverted but i'm guessing you're not shy as such um you see you don't seem sure yeah no because i i when i'm so i'm sitting here in my office and I'm at home and but the moment you take me out of the office and put me in a large room with strangers um, the thing is whenever there is like a two days event the first day I'm it's almost I find it extremely difficult to talk to everyone the second day i'm much better because now it feels like i know these people um so yeah <laughs> it's i shy i don't know because i i really like to um i like to be on the stage for instance uh, but one-on-one -on -one, that's the thing. Oh, that's the difference. I, I completely am okay with a small group, not so much with a bigger group. Right. No, that makes perfect sense. So I would like to ask you about a few of the nuts and bolts of your business. And the reason I ask these questions is lots of people will see people like Esther online mm -hmm. who appear to have great businesses. Now, I know for a fact you have a great business. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of people, they'll be wondering, well, what's under the bonnet in a great business? That is really what leads me to ask the question, how does opportunity typically come to you? Is it coming through Facebook ads? Is it coming through uh, network referrals? Is it coming through affiliates? Mm -hmm. What is it that actually drives most business for you? Sort of, maybe I'm, if we leave email to one side for mm -hmm. the moment, what is it that drives people into your world in the first place? Facebook, definitely. Facebook ads, um, just being present on Facebook. Some on Instagram, but to a lesser account. A little bit on Pinterest, but I, I'm, I'm very inconsistent there. So it's, it's, mainly, uh, it's mainly Facebook. And when new people come into your world, is it typically through ads? It's through ads. And so the, the client journey very often is they join for some sort of a free program. So I'm, I'm doing a free program called uh, Become the Client Magnet. 
next month, end of this month. And so I think around 2000 or so people will join and then they go into my free group and so the free group grows and I really nurture my free group. Um, and then part of them goes into my membership and then a part of the people who are in the membership go and be in my LEAP program, which is a year program, or in my SHINE program, that is a self-love program. But they, the majority of them comes via um, Facebook ads, or sometimes I got a couple of these clients who have, who sort of sometimes open it like a door for me, which I really, really love. I find that so amazing. And it's like, hey, you need to learn, you need to get to know this person. And then there is a huge, a huge group of Czech women. It's because one that who are my client right now is because one person opened the door to me. So, and I, I am so grateful for that. It's so amazing. I think certainly when you do deliver value, and somebody shares that you've done that, yeah. that can lead to all kinds of opportunities. Yeah. So this is my impertinent question then. Um, to generate those 2,000 people into your uh -huh. free program, how much would you have spent on ads to achieve that? 2,000, probably. Right. I'm guessing that's euros. I, in, yeah, in euros, yeah. Right. I, and I, I never know if that's a lot or not. <laughs> but that's the amount of money um, I am about to invest in the next launch. I'm really glad you told me that because I think nobody really has a benchmark for what is normal. Mm -hmm. um, you hear all kinds of stories saying, oh, I generated so much business from 50 pounds, but mm -hmm. what does so much business look like really? And how true is that? Whereas somebody else will tell you, oh, you're going to need to spend £50,000 to, to see any benefit. Mm. But to understand, this is what I achieved. This is my customer journey. This is what went into it. It's very practically useful. So thanks for that. Thank you. <laughs> so one of the things I love about your content in particular is your copywriting. That... It's again, the word that keeps coming back again and again is, is intimacy. You, you mm. express yourself and a lot mm. of people don't. Has that ever gone badly for you? How? In terms of negative reactions. Oh, oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's, it's, I, um, I show up pretty vulnerable. Um, and open about who I am and where I come from about the fact that I have been um, really depressed for over 10 years um, about my own struggles and um, it's so there are a lot of people who like that because they completely relate to that um, it also gets me off. If there's ever anyone who puts me on a pedestal, I climb off within seconds. <laughs> and um, But sometimes 
people are upset or they, um, uh, yeah, I, I get unfriendly emails. But thankfully, which is something everyone needs to do, it's I, I don't read my own emails anymore. And so my team is reading my emails and they show me the ones that are wonderful and they destroy the ones that are mean because sometimes they're mean. And um, so, yeah, it happens. People feel the need to say mean things, but it's never about me. It's really all about them. I guess so. I think as well, if if you want to reach out to people, if you mm -hmm. if you really want to create the sort of beacon effect where everybody can see who you are, what mm -hmm. you do and what you're about and who you're for, that's going to polarize. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be, oh my God, that's amazing. But you can't have that without the, oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah, That's the price of admission. If you want to be visible online, you're going to have to accept. People have polarizing yeah. views. Some people love mm -hmm. cheese. Some people hate cheese. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? So which part of your business do you feel you struggle with the most or is it, it leaves you feeling, you know what, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing at my best here? In all honesty, I find growing a team really hard. And so we're a team of six right now. And I've been doing all the work by myself for so long. And I'm one of those... Um, a-type entrepreneurs who go like, oh, just give it to me. <laughs> I'm much faster. I can do this myself. I've been working so hard. And I think for the, the past years, and because my off switch doesn't work. So I either work like crazy or I just don't do anything for an entire day. Um, but I'm mostly it's on the switch. And ha working with a team means that sometimes I need to um, take my switch off and let other people really do the work they can do much faster and better than me. And so it's, it's, it's all trust, letting go, having faith that people will really do the work um, and then get all those SOPs out there and systems and processes and oh I find it really hard even though I know it's the only way to get me to the next level I, I totally get that I think delegation is a nice idea mm -hmm. but it's it can be so painful sometimes mm -hmm. Because you you know you could do things faster and better yourself, but it's it's what does that prevent you doing that only you can do? Mm. That's really interesting. I guess what are your ambitions for the business? What would you, where would you like the business to go? Where where do you maybe feel you're called to that you're not currently at? I I want world domination. <laughs> <laughs> really, what I if if I if there's Anything I want to do is to teach people, and then in my case, women, who can teach their children and everyone around them um, and their partners and their, their neighbors that self-love really is the f foundation of everything. That by, stop, by, by, by not 
by accepting ourselves and by um and it's not just by being courageous and brave that we can i really believe that we can we can change the world with that so um so it's it's much bigger than just my business yeah i guess something that i really like to ask anybody that i see and doing what you're doing and that they're doing it well and they're doing it successfully is when i speak to my clients and ask them what's your biggest barrier to being successful online they will all tell me almost universally it's not tactics it's not content it's not idea mm -hmm. generation it's time they don't mm -hmm. know how to manage their time so looking at somebody who's doing well online how do you manage and prioritize your time <laughs> that's such a good question i um in all honesty i'm very much in the process to prioritize me time over business time and um, so I'm 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 really bad at getting up in the in the early morning so I just not do that I just I just work um, hold on what is the question how I do it or how do how, I well do, do you have a time management process oh yeah my, yeah so what let me see what do I do I actually I never have clients or calls or whatever or anything before 10 and because the time before the moment I wake up it's I start thinking about life and my clients and where I want to go and all the possibilities and so I use the a big part of the morning to um, be outside in the garden, to be with the cats, to talk to my husband, to drink coffee, to have breakfast. And then at 10, it's this, there's this work switch happening. And so I always send out a message to my accountability buddy and telling her what I'm doing that day and reading what she's going to do that day. And then it's, and, um, oh, and the other thing I do, I always look in my calendar the night before I go to bed and see what kind of day is coming towards me, whether it's a day filled with, um, coaching or with mastermind calls and then when it's an empty day, um, then I'm using the emptiness of my calendar to do something for myself, like being outside and read a book, um, or to do something that is immediately beneficial for my business, like writing an email that I will send out or make a couple of posts, um, so I, I play with my empty time, but my, but I'm always, I'm really bad at calendars. So my team needs to put all my, all my calendar thingies in my calendar. Otherwise I just, <laughs> I just. Spoken like a true artist. <laughs> don't think you need to explain anymore. <laughs> yeah. Esther, we're probably coming towards the end of the interview. And mm -hmm. I guess there will be people listening who think, 
I really, I, I want to connect with Esther. If they want to do that, how would you like them to do that? Uh, there are two things that you can do. Um, I have my uh, copy guide on my website on estherdesharon.com. And I will say, I download a lot of PDFs, but I very rarely print them. I have actually printed your... You did? I did print it. It's Ooh, really good. Thank you. Uh, the thing is, I'm Dutch. I know my English is not perfect, but I loved writing the book. I had so much fun. It was so I I I I created it while being on Schiermonnik Oog, which is a very small island in the Netherlands, and I just. I, I wrote it in, I think, two days or so, and I, I really, really love doing it. So hearing you saying that, that means the world to me. So that was one way. Yeah, okay, right. So that's one way. And the other way is I'm doing um, a five days uh, program called uh, How to Become the Client Magnet, which is basically showing up really like you because that is what will bring you the clients and so that will be on my website as well and i don't have the exact link to it that's okay i can put that in the show notes okay, so great. but this this will probably go live in a few weeks so i'll make sure when it does there is a link there great i i need to ask you my signature question i have been really good with this recently mm -hmm. so what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? So it is 2020. So I wish in 2015, I had started to stop doing it by myself. I, I hiring people to work with me and to gently nudge me into out of my fear. I think if I've started doing that uh, five years ago, I, I would be already at a different level than where, I'm, where I am now. This idea that you can do everything yourself as an entrepreneur, that you don't need others, this whole, also this self, I'm a self-made man, I'm a self-made woman. I genuinely don't believe that. I believe in having, it takes a village to grow a business like this. And um, so having support, professional, um, it all any kind of support um, that I wish I had, I wish I had started in 2015 instead of almost in 2017. That's a great answer. So, Esther de Charon de Saint-Germain, awesome name. <laughs> Why don't you say it for me once? Esther de Charon de Saint-Germain. So you say it much better. Thank you so much for your time. And yeah, I can't wait to see you again sometime. Me too. I love this. If you're listening to this as I publish it, then I hope you had a great Christmas. And I wish you a very prosperous 2021. If you've struggled this year, then I really hope next year is better for you. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, join my Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. I would also love for you to connect with me on social media. You'll find me wherever you hang out. 
just find at Bob Gentle. And if you do, message me, let me know, and I can follow you back. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love for you to review it on iTunes. It means a lot to me, and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Esther for giving us her time this week, and to you for listening. And see you next year.